Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcasts. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. How many of you have ever heard that song? I was quite surprised to find out that there were many who had not heard the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, to, I'll come over and I'll play it for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so, so again, show of hands, how many of you have heard that song before? Just, okay. Well, that was country singer and comedian Ray Stevens and his infamous song, Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Or, yeah, Mississippi Squirrel Revival. It appeared on his 1984 album, he thinks he's Ray Stevens. The song tells what happens when a boy released a wild squirrel in a Sunday morning worship service. Now, I've looked around and make sure that nobody has a, a shoebox with, with anything like that in it this morning, so, so you can just rest assured. Now, I, I love the line, it was a fight for survival that broke out in revival. And they were jumping pews and shouting hallelujah. Well, it, it also has one man screams, something's got a hold of me. Well, then there's another one where the lady says, Lord, have mercy on me. It kind of reminds me of, of church whenever I, I was growing up. My mom's not here, so I can talk about growing up in the Pentecostal church and not, not get any feedback. But there were, there were services like that where you had to wonder if somebody had something running in their coveralls because they were, they, they were jumping and they were shouting and they were doing all kinds of contortions and crazy things. That was high-quality, cheap entertainment, let me tell you. Well, I'm continuing our series in the Gospel of Mark today. And the title of my message is, When the Devil Comes to Church. Well, in this case, the devil could have been a squirrel, but... But, did you know that the devil comes to church? Did you know that? Now, some folks might think, this is the last place where the devil would want to come on a Sunday morning. I mean, of all the, all the places that the devil could be and, and the devil could be doing his work, the last place would be in the church. Well, the devil does come to church, and when he comes, it's kind of like the squirrel in the song. He's there because somebody brought him with them. And I, that kind of leads to my text. I don't want to Get, get into too many comments and, and get myself in some hot water. But in, in Mark chapter 1, verse 21, we're just continuing in our series in the Gospel of Mark. Mark is writing and he says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum 
And when the Sabbath day came, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil, or in the, the alternate word there is unclean spirit, cried out, Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus reprimanded him, Be quiet. Come out of the man, he ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed, threw the man into a convulsion, and he came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience, and they began to discuss what had happened. What sort of new teaching is this? They asked excitedly. It has such authority. Even evil spirits obey His orders. The news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region of Galilee. I can imagine why. Now, when I was growing up in church, there were two types of services, and this was my classification as a little kid, but, but I, I, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for it. There were ordinary Sundays, and then there were extraordinary Sundays. And that word extraordinary was one that I learned in English vocabulary, and I was really proud of myself that I used it, and I knew the difference between ordinary and extraordinary. But in, in our church, ordinary Sunday, Sundays were the business-as-usual Sundays. Usually the, the pastor had a really nice sermon. He really made a point. He really drove it home. The worship was really good, and, and it was just a, a good service. And on the way out, they'd shake the pastor's hand and just go home. The extraordinary services were the ones where we kind of got away from the program and the Holy Spirit dictated what happened next. Have you ever been in a service like that? Usually what, what happened at the end of the service, the way it was described is, we had a wonderful service. The pastor didn't even get to preach. <laughs> You ever been in one of those? <laughs> well, I remember a lot of services like that, and sometimes they were really exciting, and sometimes they got scary because you didn't know what that person over there was doing and what was going on with them. Like, what, you know, what's happening? Well, our text this morning takes place on the Sabbath, is what Mark says, which was Saturday, the holy day, for the Jewish people. And Mark tells us that Jesus was teaching, and I guess what goes along with that, He's in the synagogue, and so all of God's people are there. And they're worshiping, and they're, they're doing what God's people do on the Sabbath. And Mark points out that everyone was amazed at Jesus' teaching. He's doing such a good job. Isn't it wonderful? The way that he's saying what he's saying just sounds so good. This is such a good service. About that time, the unthinkable happened. 
some guy under the influence of an evil spirit jumps up and confronted Jesus right in the middle of his sermon. How rude. <laughs> now Mark doesn't say what Jesus was, was preaching about. He doesn't say what, what Jesus was teaching, but based on what we've been reading in the, in the Gospel of Mark so far, He was probably teaching about the kingdom of God. You remember a couple of weeks ago? It's time! The kingdom has come. The kingdom is broken in. And whatever it was, I assure you that that service went from ordinary to extraordinary in just a couple of seconds. And it's the kind of service that most, most people don't forget. Well, I want you to see a couple of things in our text this morning. First of all, the evil spirits recognize who Jesus was. The people, they, they acknowledge that, that Jesus taught with authority. Because in, in his day, the way that, that someone taught, they would refer to a, a senior scholar or to a senior rabbi. And they would say, well, well Rabbi so-and-so says such-and-such, and, and, and Rabbi so-and-so says. And, and they would, that was how they, they developed their authority as a teacher. They didn't speak on their own authority because they, the only authority they had was what was given to them by the council. Jesus spoke under the authority that was given to Him by the Father. He's speaking on His authority as the Son of God. And as a result, the spirits recognized who He was possibly before any of the people in the room ever did. But I also want you to see that Jesus' presence in the synagogue interfered with the evil spirit and His work. You know, did you recognize what He said? He said, why are you interfering with us? Why are you messing with us? Because, you know, they have their agenda. They, the, the devil has his agenda that he wants to accomplish. And they were doing what they always had done. They were in, involved in distraction. They were involved in trying to steer people away from, from God and the kingdom and what He was doing. And Jesus' mere presence, think about this, just the fact that He had walked into the room and that He was teaching in this authority that God had given Him interfered with what they were doing. And the reason for that is, if you look in, in, in 1 John chapter 3, the apostle is writing and he says, the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. That was His purpose in coming. He was going to undo everything that Satan had done to put people in bondage here on earth. And I want you to notice what the, the evil spirit said to Jesus. He says, I know who you are. Some scholars believe that that exchange was an attempt by the spirit to take the upper hand in that encounter. In the Middle East and in ancient spirituality, it was widely believed that at that time, if you knew a person's true identity, you could utter his name and you could gain a magic power over him. I think that's just kind of funny. Because Jesus' confrontation with the evil spirit 
It, it was what John Wimber often called a power encounter. The clash of power and authority between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. And as they say, you know, and you've probably seen this in, you know, this line gets used a lot in movies nowadays. It didn't go quite the way the evil spirit thought it would go. When that encounter began, Jesus saw beyond a man who was screaming and was probably out of his mind. If, if, if you read other accounts of, of, of people who were possessed by evil spirits in, in Scripture, they were unkept. And, and, and there, were, there was one occasion where a man was living in, 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 a, in a graveyard and he was wearing all these, these, these clothes that, that were torn and, and, and tattered and, and he had broken chains and he was in, just not in his right mind. Jesus saw beyond a man who was causing a ruckus in the service and actually saw that he was under control of an evil spirit. He was in bondage to the devil. And in a, a, his display of true authority... See, and this goes back to what they were saying before. Jesus taught with authority. He demonstrated true authority and He told the evil spirit to be quiet and come out. You know, these, these little tricks that, that, that might have been, been used. Jesus didn't have to resort to that because He had true authority. And He demonstrated the superior power of the kingdom of God over the kingdom of darkness. And Mark tells us that the man shook. And then he collapsed on the floor. And he was free from the Spirit's control. Then Mark, kind of matter-of-factly, said, amazement gripped the audience. Um, yeah, I bet it did. The people marveled in another text, and, and they even said that evil spirits even obey His orders. They had never seen anything like this before. In our terms... The kingdom of God had broken in, and which was demonstrated by Jesus' superior authority to drive out evil spirits and set a man free. Now, we're here on a Sunday morning. I'm not about to, to start trying to, to, to conjure up anything or make anything happen in this room. But I think this, this text has something to say to us. You know, a lot of us are like the kid in the song. And I mentioned this already. You know, we, we have our little, our little shoebox that we keep stuff in. And we have these things that they're, they're tucked away. And they kind of fly under the radar. You know? They're, they're, they're our thing. And, and we, we, we try to try to keep a control over it because we don't want anybody to really know. But we kind of carry that, that thing around with us, kind of like a shoebox. And we might even get away with carrying it into church and nobody even notices. Maybe we protect them like they're little pets. You know? Just like our little, a little pet rock if you had one of those back in the day. that You just kind of, you know, you keep it in your pocket or you keep it in, a, in, a, in, in your backpack or whatever. Sometimes we don't even know what we're carrying around. 
or how long it's been going on. But as the song said, something's got a hold of us. And we think we've got a hold of it, but it's got a hold of us. Now what kind of stuff am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about things like anger, bitterness. I'm talking about unforgiveness. You know, we, we carry grudges and we somehow justify them because, well, you know, you don't understand what was done to me. You don't understand what they've done. And so we carry these things like a, like a squirrel in a shoebox. We have addictions like lust and greed. Or maybe that we are, we're addicted to substances or just things that, that have just taken over and we don't really know quite how to kick them and, 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 and get them loose. We deal with pride, arrogance, or the evil twins, evil, envy and jealousy. Or maybe we carry around shame over our failures or things that were done to us. Perhaps we're, we're rebellious and we don't want anybody telling us what to do. And so we kind of keep that under control, you know, because we don't want anybody to, to get in there and start poking around at it. But, but these are things that, that we've allowed into our lives that we carry with us and they keep us from experiencing what Jesus wants to do in, in, in setting us free. I said it earlier that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And He came to do that for us today, in our time. Several years ago, it's, I was thinking about it this morning, it's been almost 11 years. My wife had gone to this, this retreat called the Walk to Emmaus. She went on the recommendation of a friend we were in a really bad place in our marriage, and, and we were it was kind of touch and go. We didn't know if we were going to be able to stay together or not. And she went on this retreat, and I was kind of hoping secretly that something would happen to her there because, you know, then, then I, that would get me out of the woods in terms of, you know, that, that we, we might actually be able to get over the hump and, you know, and things would get back to normal. So she comes back, and sure enough, God did something. And then she starts saying that you need to go. And right away, I was just kind of like, well, this was supposed to be on you. I, I, don't, I don't have any problems. I, I'm, I'm okay. So as the, as the thing goes, you have to have a sponsor for someone to, to let you in. And so I, I, I had my sponsor, and, and so I go. And, and, and it's... It's just like like any other retreat, you know. You get there and you do the thing, and you 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 introduce each other and all this kind of stuff. And we're going through the the whole process. And and the way that th that this works, it's kind of like Alpha in that you have you have several talks that you participate in. This is over seventy two hours from Thursday evening until Sunday afternoon. And so you're you're listening to all these different talks. And the way that it's different from Alpha is that you have to have this artistic response for each talk that's presented. Well, we'd been there one whole day, and we're doing all these things, and it just so happened that the, the thing that we had to do that morning, it was, and I, I think it might have been Friday morning, 
there was the, the artistic response involved drawing a picture and using colors and glitter to decorate what you drew. Well, I came there and I was I, I had I had decided I was gonna do this and it was like, you know, this this needs yeah, we won't do it at the men's retreat. Thank God. So so I'm 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 sitting here at the table and I and I'm just kind of grumbling and everything and I I actually had gotten to the place like you know I, I think I could benefit from this I think I think that our marriage could benefit from this if you know uh, hopefully it doesn't get too weird and you know and and by this the time this is over with you know we'll we'll we can get things worked out at home. Well, then comes the glitter, and and I was sitting there at the table, and and there's there's been a few times when I felt like the Lord spoke directly to me, and I think this was one of the times. And I'm sitting there, and and I, I actually kind of looked around to see it, where the voice came from because it was either do it or get out. It was just real quick, just like that, and it and it, and it startled me. So. I get the glue, and I do it around like this, and I get the glitter, and I, I sprinkle it on there. Well, there were several more talks after that, and then, then finally on Saturday morning, they had this thing that they called Dying Moments. And we've done something similar to this here at the church where you come forward, and, and, and there's lots of different things like it, that you come forward and you give the Lord something, and you say, okay, from this point forward, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm gonna I'm gonna try harder and, and, and that's that's kinda how it works. Well I was I was watching the men in front of me and at this point in time I I I I, I didn't cry. I I I I kinda wondered why I didn't cry, because when I was a, a, a kid I, I, I could dry, just cry to drop the hat, you know, the you know, somebody prays for me, whoo and and I but I hadn't cried in years. And I see all these men going forward and they're crying like, oh God. I, I, I don't. I'm, I, I was uncomfortable. Well, as it becomes my time, because you know we're going by rows and everybody's going forward, and it came my time, and I and I'm like, I'm, I'm hearing what these guys are saying. And I'm like, well, Lord, I, I have a bunch of issues that I need to confess, and I, I don't know which one's worse. And I'm, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to trying to figure this out on my way up there. Well. This is, this is where it kind of went from ordinary to extraordinary for me. And, and I, you know, it, 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 it was kind of like, it, it was almost like a movie when it happened. And, and it, it, there, there's no other way to explain it. I was getting ready to step up onto the platform, and the way it goes, you go in front of the, the cross, and you just hold that bread out there and say, you know, I'm giving up this, and you go and drop it in a basket. Well, I walked up, and when I stepped on, on the stage, it was like the, the room around me. And I, think that it, I don't think this was like what happened in the room. I think this was just what the Lord was doing with me. But it was like the room got dark. And all of a sudden, there was this spotlight. And it was, this, it was like a heat lamp that was just on top of me. And I'm standing there in front of the cross, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what, what, what am I going to give up? And and all of a sudden it just it 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 just came out of my mouth. God, I, I give you my bitterness. And when I said that, I I I started wailing. I mean, I I cried. And 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 what happened next 
it was, it was like I saw a vision, and I've never really even seen a vision before, but I, I honestly believe this was a vision from the Lord, that I, it was like a hand came down and reached into my chest and then grabbed something. And, and I, I've, I've, I've told a few of the, this, this story before. If you've ever seen the movie Alien, where the guy's laying on his back and the thing pops out of his chest and runs off, well... It was like that thing, but, but this hand had that thing around the neck. And it held it out like this up in, in, in the light. And it's just wiggling and doing all the things that you know the evil thing would do. And then it, then it was gone. And I, I, I cried. I cried so much that weekend, the guys with me thought I, I'd lost my mind. They, they, were, they, they were concerned about me. And, you know, it, and the, the rest of the weekend, I mean, everything. I, I, was, I, I boo-hooed, bawled, messed up clothes. I mean, I, I, I tell you, I, I hadn't cried like that in my life. And in the days following that retreat, the, the Holy Spirit led me to this verse from Paul's letter in the, in, to Ephesians. Paul writes, Don't let sin or letting anger control you. Don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now in my life, I'd been very angry. I, I've had problems with anger from the time I was a little kid. And, you know, when you tell, ask my mom, she'll tell you. I, I, I've, I've had problems with anger. And what ended up happening as I got older, when I would get angry, I would just internalize it. Yeah. I'd just turn it in. And, and, and as, as you do those kind of things, a friend of mine has a song, that when you keep pushing things down, eventually they'd start coming out sideways. You can't, put, you can't push things down until at some point it's going to start coming out somewhere, some way, somehow. And in my case, it came out in, in terms of bitterness. And, it, and it, it cut me off from what the Lord wanted to do in my life, what Jesus wanted to do in my life. I've been called to, to ministry. And for all these years, I couldn't understand, Lord, why aren't you opening up a door? Well, it's because you're bitter. And I can't use you in this state. I had allowed my anger to create a foothold in my life. And as a result, that whenever I'd, I had I'd, the, the temptations that I had, had struggled with, I mean, I, I, I struggled with, with pornography. I struggled with, with, with lying. I struggled with just commitment. I, I, I didn't... I, you know, these were things that, that never were really an issue for me. But as I got older, they kept being more of a problem. And I couldn't understand, why can't I kick this? Why can't I get better? Why can't, why can't I do any, any better than I'm doing? And it was because of that foothold that I allowed in my, in my life. If you're carrying around sin... Unconfessed sin. If you're carrying around things that you've allowed into your life... You're in bondage to the devil. And it may seem like that you're just carrying a, a shoebox, but that actually has a hold on you. And that separating is separating, that sin is separating you from God and robbing you of the peace and joy which is rightfully yours as someone who trusts Jesus for life. I want to leave us with these words from the writer of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 3, 
says, Today when you hear His voice, don't harden your hearts. As Israel did whenever they rebelled. Jesus wants to end the separation between, between us and sin. He wants to separate us from sin. He wants to set us free. And He wants to, to free us from bondage. And that's why He came, to destroy the devil's work. Can we stand together this morning? Now I realized whenever, whenever I, I was getting ready this week that the kids are going to be in here and I hope I haven't, haven't traumatized anybody. <laughs> but we, we tend to, to live with stuff that we don't have to. We put up with things that, that was never intended for us to put up with. And Jesus wants to set us free. If you're here this morning and, and you're in a place, first of all, that, that you might be away from the Lord, that you've, you've been in, in this place where, and I, and I say this often, where you and, and God aren't on speaking terms. There's no reason to be separated from the Lord. He came to break down the walls of hostility. He came to break down the walls that divide us from Him. And it's just a matter of receiving his free gift of grace and mercy that He offers to us freely is what Scripture says. So if you're here this morning and, and you're in a place where, you know, I, I'm not, maybe not in the place that I used to be and, and I, I've, I've kind of drifted and I, I want to come back. It's as simple as just saying, Lord, forgive me and meet me here. Set me free from the things that have, have bound me and kept me from experiencing your grace and your mercy. And if you're here this morning and, and, and you, you feel like that you've got something in a box that you need to, need to just be set free from, whatever that might be, maybe it is anger, maybe it is unforgiveness, maybe it is addiction, Jesus can set us free. He can set us free. He came to set captives free. That was His purpose in coming, to destroy the devil's work. And so I want to encourage you, I want to invite you to come for, for prayer today, whatever, whatever your situation is. And I realize the idea of coming forward, oh no, you know, what, what's, what's somebody going to think that, that I'm coming forward for? Well, it, that's, that's, that kind of goes with the territory. But you're in, in a safe place. You don't have to worry about somebody talking about you. You don't have to worry about anybody going behind your back or anything. You're safe in this place to receive what the Lord wants you to receive here this morning. So Holy Spirit, I ask you to come. I realize that this is, has been a, more direct than possibly a, I've been since I've been here. But Lord, I, I feel like you want to speak to us, that you, are, that you are speaking to us even right now about things that we've been holding on to for far too long. Yes. And I ask you, Lord, to come with your freedom, with your liberty. Holy Spirit, come and set us free Set us free from the things that hold us back from what you want for us. God, in Jesus' name.
If you're here this morning and you'd like prayer, I just want to invite you to come.